There they go, man. It is uh it's time for chaos theory. I guess we've been getting a little bit chaotic on this Monday, man. Happy Monday, by the way, January 29th on 2004, this day of our Lord. It is Chaos Theory on Texas Sports Unfiltered. I am your co-host, not the fake wags, your other co-host, Rodney Rodriguez, double R. You can find us on Twitter at not the fake wags, and then Rodney is at the Rodney underscore, excuse me. Yeah, the Rodney R, by the way. And then the underscore Rodney on Instagram, and then I'm on the Wagner Wire. We invite you to be a part of the conversation. Make sure you're hitting us up on that code of text line, 512-222-9328. And also smash that subscribe button if you hadn't done so already and be a part of the conversation that way and get up in this conversation on YouTube. Big weekend, my guy. How was yours? Dude, a very good weekend. A lot of good football, Texas basketball, uh, kind of doing what we were afraid they were going to do on Saturday. And yeah, um, I mean, today too, so. and here we go again. Now we get to play Houston. So, uh, yeah, man, it, um, you know, the NFL, it, it, and kind of what I was going to when I was talking about the, 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 the thing about the girls, I've had so many friends that have reached out to me that are so fired up about the Super Bowl because the Taylor Swift thing. Jesus like, Christ. Already. We, yeah, we're not oh, even, we're not even. Oh, I guess we are 13 minutes in the conversation. Damn, that flew by. I've had so many friends that have reached out, and it's like, uh, they're like, oh, my God, I I'm so happy, you know, the for Taylor and Kelsey and their true love, you know, with the picture that they showed at the end of the game and all that bullshit. How about Andy Reid and Taylor Swift having a moment, too? I tell you, dude. What, the what is going on? In what is somebody please tell me what is going on? What am I witnessing? Dude, the she's not even on the team, and she's going up on the goddamn podium. What is going on here? That's what, be that's, broken up in two weeks. Actually, that's, that's not going to happen because they're under contract. It's a contract relationship, by the way. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention or not. When did the Chiefs started winning? The Chiefs were struggling all damn year long, Rodney. When did they start winning? I know. So I'm telling you. I'm serious. I want I want you to say it so I don't think I'm nuts. When did they start winning? When when she showed up. When, when she, she showed, showed up. up. When and, she and I have up. I have totally decided what I'm gonna do on this show on Super Bowl week. I know I've been teasing it. Rob, stop it. Rob, you stop with the Taylor Swift for press. Everybody's gotta hold the stop with the whole Taylor Swift shit. You guys are you guys are gonna send me into a have a damn aneurysm. I swear to God. So the whole damn week of the Super Bowl, which begins next Monday, and then on Super Sunday, you know, we always have a gathering. By the way, Wags, if you ain't got nothing to do, come to my house on Sunday. Are you, are you celebrating Taylor Swift? That's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to be there. I will not be there. All week on this program. I appreciate the invitation, but I will not be there. Well, all week on this program on Monday, I'm going to wear my Taylor Swift Eras oh. shirt that my daughter and wife bought, daughters and wife bought me at the concert to celebrate the game. That's what I'm going right. to do Super Bowl week. Here's the one thing that I do, I will say about Taylor Swift. I respect the hell out of her, the way that she is a musician. Um, yeah. She writes her, her own shit, and that's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she she plays live music in a an era of music where it's a lot of digitized and mm -hmm. sampling. And when you get on stage, usually you're... I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe some performers lip sing or not. I don't want to sit there and accuse a lot of a lot of performers of lip singing. But sometimes I know that the quality is just not up to speed, right? But from right. what I've from every Taylor Swift performance, she just she nails it. She gives her fans everything that they deserve, and she's probably one of the best entertainers and best musicians of our time. So I can't take anything away from her. I'm just I, I've had enough of the Taylor Swift thing. That's all. Yeah. But, 
I mean, like, I, I, and I do all these antics. I'm just, you know, I'm having fun with it. But honestly, dude, she's 100% one hell of a performer. Um, and the, the, the little jokes I make about her and Travis Kelsey and whatnot, it's all just hoopla or, or you know, in hype. But yeah. speculation, basically, because I think that the Chiefs were awarded a little bit of a trip to the Super Bowl because of the, the relationship between her and Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Well, so, Chiefs obviously earned their way there. I'm just saying it's it all it's all crazy that it's adding up that Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey started getting together. So that's when they started women. Yeah. And, and I will tell you. Well, but taking two steps back. That's all. Uh, and I will tell you, I mean, it, it's one of those things that I always talk about. You know, when people want to when, when people want to dig in and I see that Colin Kaepernick's name has come in once again, you know, with the whole thing with with Jim Harbaugh and, and, and so forth and so on. And it's like, look, what, I watch. What, sports, why, is Kaepernick, why is Kaepernick in the conversation? Because I, I think there's a possibility that Harbaugh may make him a part of the, the Chargers in some form or facet. But it's where I go oh, back. To oh, so, so he and Kaepernick have a good relationship. Then. Yeah, well, you you remember. I mean, that was that was Harbaugh's quarterback in the Super Bowl. I mean, that, I thought he I thought he just I thought he made a decision to be more mobile. Uh, I thought that was just like a, like a, an honest personnel decision. I didn't know that it was tied to their relationship or tied to their friendship. Well, I mean, I think it's, you know, he was a part of that 49er team when Harbaugh was there. And Harbaugh seems to be a loyal dude where he wants to make him a part of whatever. Okay. And that's great. I'm all I, about this is the first time I've heard about. I've, this is the yeah. first time I've heard about anything with Colin Kaepernick coming back into the NFL. Dude, when you need the raunch and the scuttlebutt, I'm your guy. I'm your dude, man. I, I, that's I, why I, I rely on you because I just I I'm stay off. Reporter. I stay off social media for a reason, man. I, I just don't. You, you guys know my my spiel. I don't. I don't like social media. Yeah, so. no, I don't blame you. But but the whole thing is, you know, kind of with this is, is you look at you look at everything that's going on right here. I when I'm watching sports, I don't want to hear about politics. And to me, it's kind of that's the whole part about this whole Taylor Swift thing. Right? I feel like they. I feel like politics and sports are. Interweaved now they are, oh, which, now. which sucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the whole thing is, you know, like yesterday when Kelsey scores, boom, there's Taylor Swift. I don't care how she's reacting. I don't care how happy she is. I mean, if I scored a touchdown, they're not going to show my wife. I, I mean, big, big de deal. I mean, yeah, and that's where it's like, let's or, or the fan or the fans, you know, what I mean, or the people that have been, you know, been freezing their ass off at Arrowhead right. or right. Or, or that's traveled a whole all the way to, or 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 some yeah. of the the Chiefs kingdom or fandom that traveled all the way to M and T Bank Stadium. So yeah, when they were in Buffalo and they kept showing her up there and doing all this stuff, she's up there in that cushy suite and all in the warm, and you know the other Kelsey out there doing what he was doing. I don't give a shit about that. I don't care about that. No, I, I mean, bet I did like seeing I did like seeing Jason Kelsey uh, take the little girl over to Taylor Swift. That was great, and let her meet Taylor Swift for all the. For all the angst that I give Taylor Swift being at the games, that was a really cool moment to see. So, but it was also, yeah. God, why am I liking Jason Kelsey so much? I'm. I apologize to all the Giants fans out there that are watching me talk about hey, this. I like him, and I'm a Cowboys so, fan. He makes he makes it hard. He makes it hard to not like him. Anyway, but, but, but this uh, is but this is where this is where the NFL being the franchise that they are, being the business model that they have, what they are doing right here. Uh, and, and that was the other thing last night. I was getting so many texts. Well, the NFL's rigged. No, it ain't. It ain't. It's not. Patrick Mahomes is 
arguably on his way to becoming the greatest of all time. I mean, look at the resume that he's doing. See, he, was, he was lights out last night. He was absolutely lights out. Um, I want I want to say that Gronk will always be like one of the best tight ends I've ever seen. Well, he will be always one of the best tight ends I've ever seen, but I did have Gronk as number one, right? Mm -hmm. um, for a long time. And I was so reluctant to give Kelsey the nod. But Rodney, I mean, if they get... I don't even know if it's a hardware thing anymore, man. Just some of the shit that I've ever that I've seen Travis Kelsey do. He makes he makes just he makes just as good of receptions or clutch receptions that Gronkowski did. Um he I don't think he blocks as good as Gronk did. Or he's he's the physical specimen that Gronk is, but yep. still like maybe if it's one A for Kelsey, it's or one A for Gronk, it's one B for Kelsey, and it I can't, yeah. I can't give him the sole nod over Gronk just because of all the plays I saw Gronk make with Tom Brady too, right? But I mean, Dan, and when you break it down with it, I guess at the end of the day, both of these tight ends got to this or or were able to ascend to the, I, I guess, pantheon of of their position because of the quarterbacks that they have, right? Or that yeah. they benefited from. I mean, you're talking about the GOAT, Tom Brady, and we've already, we basically already gave the nod to Patrick Mahomes that he's going to the Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. So if he can be GOAT two to Tom Brady, I mean, holy hell, uh, you talk about, you know, two tight ends that have reaped the benefits off the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game too. So uh, Travis Kelsey, so after last night, Rodney, to me, Travis Kelsey is, He's he's up there on Gronk's level, man. I can't I cannot deny it anymore, man. He's that good. He is. I mean, good. he really is. And those two guys. I mean, there there are a lot of other good ones. I mean, Tony Gonzalez. You know what? What a great tight end. He oh, was. sure. There's there's people that paved the sure. road, but these two. I mean, when I when I think of tight ends, I used to think of Bravaro. You know what I mean? Like yeah, Mark Bravaro. Yeah. Somebody can yeah. say tight ends. Well, Doug Cosby. Tight end all time. Mark Bravaro. Of course. Yeah, Doug Cosby for I the Cowboys. Say that. Back I don't have that in my back pocket anymore. Right. But, Top five, maybe. Top yeah. five. But but I think what you really look at when you look at these two guys, and I've talked about this on a lot of high school shows and different things that I've done, these two guys have changed the tight end position. The 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 tight end right now is it used to be, you know, you, you could count on him to go over the middle, a good blocking guy, you know, kind of that extra lineman that you have right there. But these tight ends that we see right now, and, and that's why I'm hoping with, with Atlanta, where they can get a quarterback in place with that regime right there with Raheem Morris, that's going to allow Kyle Pitts to blossom in and be one of these guys like he should be. But look at these tight ends, man. The, these tight ends nowadays, the two guys that we're talking about right here, they have radically changed that position. I mean, these guys are wide receivers. They're fucking fullbacks. I mean, you can use them for anything. They are true athletes. When you look, when you look at these dudes, they are true specimens on the football field because of the different abilities and different elements that they're able to add to their football team. And and it does. It all starts with these two dudes. I mean, Gronkowski, say what you want about him. By the way, he's really good on TV. But I mean, Kelsey. Gronk's entertaining no matter where he's at. He is. So, he is. Is did the tight end position change? No check. The yeah. As a Giants fan, I was oh yeah, Jay Novacek, one hundred percent. Um, he did it. Oh well, hell, he was one of the best to ever do it. I mean, he you could argue that Jay, Jay Novacek was undersized mm -hmm. as a tight end, and he was able to block with just the best of them. And he was also in a in a prolific offense. He was utilized pretty damn well when you have 
uh, the playmaker. You also have Allen Harper, and then you have Emmett Smith. Like, how in the hell do you find Jay Novacek the ball? Uh, but yeah. somehow, on on tough, crucial third down moments, if it wasn't getting handed off to Emmett Smith, Jay Novacek was converting and getting the extra uh, the extra set of downs and, and yeah. moving the sticks. Man, uh, mm-hmm. as a Giants fan, that he hell he's he's just a killer. Um, I always used to say that the Giants. Uh, really struggle with covering the tight end. It started with Jay Novacek, or at least when I, from my observation of football, it started with Jay Novacek. It rolled out with Jason Witten. Hell, the Giants, the yeah. Giants gave Jason Witten a Hall of Fame career. It wasn't, it wasn't even just the, you know, the earnings that he got all throughout the rest of the NFL. Just his his statistics alone versus the Giants is enough to get him into uh, into Canton, man. Um, but now my question is. When and and not just to you, but to everybody else that's that's watching the program, um, feel free to put this in the chat. When did the when did the tight end position have a revolutionary moment to where it stopped becoming more of the well, I guess you could call it 70-30 blocking tight yeah. end and emerged into basically the wide receiver four that's on the field that's just the bigger wide receiver four for mismatches to kind of get you off of a strong safety that's guarding you. Did that come with the? Did that come with the generation of like Jockey, Winslow, uh, Olson? Um, hell, it's crazy that they're from Miami. Uh, George Kittle. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of Iowa tight ends as well, man. But was it in that type of? Was it in that type of generation class, or was it after that class? To Gronkowski, uh, Andrews. Um, uh, take your pick, Kelsey. You know what I mean. Take your pick. Yeah. Like this next generation of tight ends. Were these the guys that kind of set the tone and revolutionized the position, or was it their their successors before their predecessors before them? You know, I really think Wags. If you go back and you look, I mean, back in the eighties, you know, with the Air Coriel thing with with Kellen Winslow. I mean, you you can look at that. You can look at that San Diego Charger. Fouts, my, John my, yeah, yeah, with Dan Fouts as a, as a quarterback, and you you know the various running backs and everything, and. And you had a lot of you had a Charlie Joyner. I mean, you had a lot of dudes that that played really well on the outside. But if you really didn't know any better, it it looked to me. I mean, go back and watch some of that old film. Kellen Winslow is really the first guy that I remember in the early '80s, in the infancy of me trying to figure out an X's and O's of football or really watching different things, trying to really realize what a tight end is was whatever you want to call it. And to me. If I didn't know any better, and if you watched a lot of film, I think, Wags, j- just going back and looking at stuff, Kellen Winslow played a lot like a wide receiver. Uh, I mean, it was, I mean, he was huge, but it really didn't factor in w- with the size and all that, but he did so many different things. You think about that longest game ever, you know, with Miami. Or, yeah, where he's being dragged, carried off the field. Exactly. I, so, that was exactly. Like, I mean, I don't really have that, that good of a memory on – Helen Winslow Sr. So, and I guess I'll leave it up to chat to, to kind of refresh my memory. Was he a good block? Like, I knew he had decent hands, but, I mean, what you, you always see, you know, highlights of him making catches or, you know, tremendous catches. But, what I mean, and, of course, like, it, you know, blocking isn't really a good highlight. You know what I mean? But was he a good blocker? I mean, was he – could he hold his own on the line too? He, he was. I mean, he really was that extra tackle that you would put over to the heavy side – you know, depending on what on what way you were going to go with the ball, I, I think the running back at the time, and people will have to correct me. I think it was forty six. I think it was Foreman. I may have that name wrong, 
But, I mean, he, he really was that utility guy. He, he really was the first in this day and age of the stereotypical prototype tight end that you can go in and add him in as, a, as an extra blocking tackle or to use him, kind of shift him out. And, yeah, and it was back in those days, you didn't really have the slot, what we call the slot right now. Right. But right. in those days, Kellen Winslow was kind of the slot guy, but he would line up on the line of scrimmage and you would be able to scamper him out and he could make a play over the middle. And that's that. That's really kind of the first renderings that I can make of 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 what we have now to where a, a tight end that, that I remember transformed things. I mean, I know we've talked about Novacek and Jason Witten, obviously. Daryl Johnson, is is the Moose considered a tight end? I always pictured him oh, as he, he was always a pullback. Always all lined up in the pullback or in the backfield with Emmett. Now, look, yeah. when when Aikman would motion, sometimes he would go out and then line up, you know, as a wing back or or uh, you know a flanker back or something like that. But I thought it was just out of that pro step formation to kind of get a little bit of a motion to see if they were in man to man off or man to you know man offense or or zone or excuse me man defense yeah. or zone defense. Yeah, and the Dave Casper name comes up right there. I mean, that, that was always yeah, an outlet right. right there for for Kenny Stabler. But you remember uh, Brent Jones? For, Jones, for the for, yeah, from San Francisco, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right there in that 80s run when you had Rice and you had uh, my man John Taylor over on the outside. It was always Brent Jones. Now, now Brent Jones was a dude that would get out there and hit you right in the face. Now, I, re- now, I, remember, I remember Ben Coates. Ben Coates being pretty damn solid as a tight end for New England before uh, – you know, before Shockey and, and that yeah. class got there. But, yeah, after – and then, hell, after that it was Tony Gonzalez, right? Tony Gonzalez was basically the, the face of that position. Yeah, um, yeah maybe maybe the, the position started changing around the odds. Like, like after 1999 and the 2000s, maybe when that, start, that class of tight ends started coming in, that's when the position started to revolutionize and become more prominent all over the NFL landscape instead of just a couple of sprinkled out franchises. Yeah, yeah. And that really is, I mean, it really was right there, you know, mid to late 80s into the 90s, kind of when the the, the position changed to where it wasn't just the guy on the outside where maybe you're going to hook him on the outside, do it, do a five-yard like out. Or, the league in reception sometimes, oh, yeah. too, Rodney. Yeah, he right? did. He did. I mean, that, that, that dude was that good. But, but I think it was... I really think it was Tony Gonzalez, if you really want to go back. I mean, we're talking about a lot of great tight ends. But I think Tony Gonzalez was really the one that started catching a lot of attention. And I think a lot of it was, it was towards the end of Tony Gonzalez's career to where we started hearing more about Tony Gonzalez. We started seeing him and people started realizing, well, wait a minute. The tight end is a little bit more than just an extra tackle or or, or that anchor over on the line that you're going to put in in a big package. It's going to get in there and, you know, slice down an edge rusher, you know, that, that that's going to that, that, that's going to break your running back. Right. Open. right. And and. It just continued to grow from that point because Widden did that exceptionally well. And then he would come up and, and make a big play and the dude could fucking run with the ball. And the the thing is with Widden, he always seemed slow, but damn, nobody could knock him down. Remember that? I mean, uh, yeah, you could try and take his head <laughs> off and he's still going to run to the damn uh, end zone. Uh, yeah, Witten, um Witten is a dude that even as a, even as a Giants fan, like, Whenever Witten would make a first down or whatever, it was hard for me to get mad just because of how much respect I I had for the guy. Right, I just felt like he played the game tough. He played the game right and how it was supposed to be played. Uh, And it's really hard. Like, and I I sat here and told you guys, man, he he carved up the Giants. 
I mean, he, I, I got nightmares of Witten running through the damn middle, middle of the, uh, the football field, just or hell, even you know, scampering into the damn end zone, man. It's they're they're still there. Uh, just based off of that, I should hate this guy alone, right? But nah, it's nothing but respect. Uh, Witten was definitely one of the greats. Um, well, but go ahead, Wags. It's one of those things, you know. In this conversation, I know we've kind of gravitated to tight end, but it was something that I did want to tell you today. I mean, I mean, it's like even if you are not a Chiefs fan, even if you are not a Patrick Mahomes fan, you have to respect what you're saying right there. When he's carving teams up, you have to respect what this guy is doing. I mean, it's um, it's at, at times it's frustrating to watch, depending who your team is. But man, to see here and to sit here and watch this guy, and it's it's never one of those things like for me as a, as a Cowboy fan, you know, in the last couple of decades, it's like oh hell, Romo this, Dak Prescott that. I mean. When Kansas City rolls out and that dude's at the helm, and I touched on this on Friday when we, I mean, I picked the Ravens. I said the Ravens are going to win that Same. game. I mean, I yeah. straddled. I said uh, I said Chiefs on our show, and then I said Ravens on my yeah. show. So, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I cheated a little bit. But. That's all right. That's all right. But, but and, and it's easy to do when you have that guy. It's like, you just know, you just know, like him, laugh at him, whatever, laugh at the way he talks. I don't give a shit, but this dude, this dude just wins football games, man. He wills his teams to win. They weren't supposed to win yesterday, Wags, and here they are. Well, hold on, hold on. I think whenever we count the Chiefs out, we're really... That's the biggest mistake, yep. Sorry, I just I said something and my watch just started talking to me. So I don't know. James, <laughs> I had a James Bond moment there. Um, so I, I don't know. I think we are re- very foolish if we ever consider the Chiefs out these days with Andy with the the pairing or the trio. I would say of Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Travis Kelsey, and then yep. not not to mention uh, Steve Spagnola last night called one of his. I mean. You want to know how you keep Lamar Jackson off balanced and just running for his life? You blitz him. You absolutely blitz him. Classic Steve Spagnola last night. You want to talk about, you know, Giants being able to, you know, take down Tom Brady and and one of the greats twice? Steve Spagnola is the reason for that. I mean, firing up just blitz after, I mean, they they blitzed half the game. They they, they Mm -hmm. did, Rodney. Kansas mm-hmm. City blitzed Lamar Jackson half of the damn game, and when they didn't, they had two spies on him. Very hard for Lamar Jackson to get anything going last night. In spite of all that, he was still able to have success. Did throw away the one interception, but did it without uh, Zay. Like Zay Flowers goes out of the game late, uh, basically playing with a beat up OBJ and Aguilar. And we already know that you know Aguilar struggles to catch passes even yep. that's coming from philadelphia that's that's a classic joke aguilar has been pretty damn decent there for baltimore it's just sometimes lamar jackson struggles to find him but with the the advent of mark andrews coming back yesterday as well you thought maybe they'd be able to roll out some 22 personnel and just keep spagnola's defense just crossed up a little bit that didn't happen so uh, they were clearly out schemed and they didn't seem to have the tools that they that were ne- that were necessary to go in and or to host Kansas City and come out with a victory. Uh, the the rushing attack didn't really get involved like it usually does. I mean, it's the best rushing team in the league, and hell, that you know they struggled to get that going. I think when they got down to, uh, I think when they got down by what was it one score 
one score late in the fourth. When when was the first time that the Chiefs actually took over the game? It was yeah, in, it was in the fourth quarter, right? Yeah, and that was in the. I think, they, I the think they went down ten. Yeah. Well, I think Ravens went out there once. Once the Ravens went down too far, they tried. I mean, hell, you saw it. Lamar Jackson was trying to press the entire the entire time coming back, and it was just to, to no avail because yeah, he couldn't get anything mustard going or cooking. Man, it was tough. Yeah. It was tough for Lamar Jackson, and I'm not trying to be a Lamar apologist. Um, I still think he's he's an MVP caliber quarterback. He just sure. last night it, it struggled, man. Yeah, and, and that's where you, you know. Um, once the MVP voting comes out, I mean, you're going to have Lamar and probably Dak. Um, what do they have in common? I mean, they, they can't perform in these games. And and just it, a lot of it was, I mean, like you're talking about with Spagnola. I, I, mean, I don't know if it's this, all on Dak. Or excuse me, I don't know if it's all no, on Lamar it's Jackson. Not. Because if Zay Flowers doesn't fumble that ball at the goal line, we're talking about a completely different game here. Well, and, and then do stupid shit with, with you know, personal fouls and all the all, all, all of that stuff. I mean. Now, hold now, now, let me ask you this. How much do you feel like the Ravens got job based off the officiating crew yesterday? Well, I'm I sure mean, you've seen the stat, right? I'm on Smith and the Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. And and what I, I think the whole visiting team, team. won yeah. three games that he's been in and they've yeah. covered the, and that was straight up. That's a straight up record. Against the spread, they've only won twice yeah. and lost ten times. Well, now it's eleven. Yeah. That that's where that percentage and I hadn't even heard any of that until Friday. Um, you know, with, with that referee and crew, and, and boom, there it was. You know, and that Wags, that's where it's so hard right now. Where football's so different. We're talking about old school tight ends and all these different things, and it's like, man, taunting calls and all these different things. It's like, come on, man. You know, I totally get it. I, I totally get it. it. It's a different day and age. But when when those things start to start to um, you know, differentiate what's going to happen in a football game. I mean, it's bad enough right now with with pass interference. I've said so many times, if you're a defensive back, that is the worst position to play in this game. I don't give a damn at what level, because odds are you're going to get you're going to get flagged a lot for something that you shouldn't be getting flagged. But when when the outcomes of these things are are hingent on calls like that, that's where it gets a little frustrating watching this as a football fan. And I don't give a shit who wins this game, but but that's where it's like, eh, come on, you, you know, I, I mean. We we got to work on that a little bit. I, I think no, towards I'm, I'm not that. Uh, Rob, Rob, what do you what do you what's your point? Um, uh, walk me through what you're talking about here. They called nothing on the. Oh, I got you. I see. They're, you're talking about the refs here. Uh, the yeah. refs called nothing on the Chiefs, and there were some very important call, calls that were ignored. No, I and agree with back you. to the uh, referee and crew that we were talking so, about. So let yeah. me tell you about this, right? So people that were wondering what I was talking about was Sean Smith and Sean Smith's crew. Now look. For playoffs, I don't believe that the actual officiating crews get placed for the game. I think it's just pieced officials, right? But still, mm -hmm. Sean Smith was the head coach uh, last night going into the Ravens and Chiefs uh, game. Now, this is just this is these are just stats that have been compiled. This isn't me pointing arrows, drawing you know conclusions or anything like this. I'm just giving you guys some stats here, right? In 2023, Smith's crews called 104 penalties worth 924 yards against home teams, or excuse me, yeah, 2023, 2024 season, this past season. Um, 924 yards against home teams this season and 91 penalties worth of 709 yards on away teams. Home teams were 3-12 and 12 straight up against, uh, against the line and then um, or just against the game, rather, and then three, ten, and two against the spread when Smith's crews were officiating this past year. By far the worst 
home record by yep. any other referee crew, bar none, across the yep. line. Yep. And, that, and I heard... That, Rodney, Rodney, two, excuse me, three and 10, and then three and 12. That's that's more than just influencing, influencing a damn game, man. That's dictating it, it, game. And I was listening on Friday because they had the uh, they had the ESPN uh, officials expert uh, that that was on a it was on a radio show when I when I was driving home, and and he was talking about because that question came up. I mean, they point blank asked this officiating guy, seventeen years uh, as an official. I think he was thirteen years as a as a head dude, head crew guy, and he was like, well. A lot of that is because, you know, in those years that with Smith as the head guy, it's been a lot of turnover. You had some retirees. You had some. And I get that. I get did, that. Did but you this hear is a Nance, fucking pattern. Did you, did you hear Nance and Romo giving an excuse for Patrick Mahomes every damn play that Patrick Mahomes didn't get a call or every play that Rome or every play that the Ravens got a call against him? Oh, yep, Jim. Did you see that, Jim? There, there it is. It's right there. He completely hit him. And they, the interference call on likely three, two players tackled likely in the end zone for that interference play. Of course, it didn't get called, right? The, the last yeah. interception or the interception that Lamar uh, threw there at the end, uh, at the end of the game. Yeah. Likely got tackled. He wasn't able yep. to come back and make a play on the ball. Yep. If likely doesn't yep. get tackled, that's not an interception. It's an incompletion. That's I, right. Of course, I can't guarantee that because you know there were three people there. But I, I would, I have to. I have a strong notion that likely would have knocked the damn ball down. It, mm -hmm. it looked like he was able to make a play. On, it looked like he would have been able to make a play on the ball if he wasn't getting tackled out of the back of the end zone. Okay. Yeah. Look. And then you want to go to the Zay Flowers call where uh, Zay Flowers celebrated or whatnot, and then they they moved them back 15 more yards, another personal foul. What did Travis Kelsey do as soon as he scored on the first uh, for his first touchdown? Did Thank he you. not throw the ball, spin the Thank ball you. down, and step over uh, the defender? Yes. Thank uh, you. Hastings. It might have been Hastings. I can't remember who, who was that, the, that, who was That's covering. my point is the consistency is so out of whack. And that's why when the conspiracy theories start, I mean, a lot of it is hyperbole. I mean, a lot of it coincidence, maybe so. But but when you have I, I, I think like the that, referees, I think the NFL uh, has a little darling syndrome for persuasion. Patrick yeah. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. I mean, that's and this Taylor Swift thing doesn't hurt. I mean, no, I, that, I, you're, Rodney. Rodney, it would be stupid and foolish and just like absolutely, absolutely one of the worst decisions in the world if the NFL did not try and get Taylor Swift to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, so can, can I, you know, I know Usher's supposed to be the, the singer or performer, but damn, you have to be able to approach hey. Taylor Swift with, hey, you're going to be at the Super Bowl anyways, Taylor. You. Think you might want to do a little live performance here's here. Here's my thought, Wags. They always bring out somebody. You know, it's like some somebody shows oh. up. Oh, she's the marquee. Oh, she's just. What if we do a little show from the uh, from the box seats from the it's box always, office, huh? Have somebody always does a pop doing in. a little sing along. It all makes sense, Rodney. Somebody always does a pop in. It's like oh. Surprise guest. We've seen it so many different times where people come fucking trotting out and it's like, oh, look, here comes you name the guest. I don't give a damn who it is. It I'm not saying it's gonna happen. I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but I'm uh, that it. may be one of them prop bets right there. Um I'm it, saying it. oh, that's a good prop bet. Will Taylor Swift sing at the Super Bowl? Will she sing? Will she sing? Hey, I'll tell you where you you might now, be able to prop, hold on. That prop bet though, that prop bet has to be like a 
500 to one. That, that prop bet has to be a huge payoff if you're going to take that, though. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll tell you where you can find it. Bet US. You can find it yeah. at Bet US. Hey, the Super Bowl, it's here. It's coming. A um, couple of weeks out or a week and a half out, whatever it is. If you're looking for a place to make some money during the NFL playoffs, you got to check out Bet US. Bet US is the best online sports book and casino out there. Game lines, props, over unders, you name it, and they have it. Plus, it's not just the NFL. You can win big on college basketball. Bet on the Longhorns tonight, or better yet, bet on Houston tonight. The NBA, NHL, and more. NASCAR fires up in a couple of weeks. You can bet on that, too. Clash at the Coliseum coming up on Sunday. I'll be watching that on Sunday night. If you're watching on YouTube, just click that link in the video description. You can sign up right there. If you're listening on the app, just click Explore Our Socials. Not only are all the great Texas Sports Unfiltered socials there, you can hit that, click on the bet us link app and it's right there and they'll get you going once again the best place to bet on sports is bet us as we head towards super sunday super man, sunday. you gave that read a lot better than i did i tried to read that thing yesterday man i blip 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 blip, blip. i couldn't see i had to put my glasses on and try i to saw see you i saw you i watched it and and our man tom mckay was giving you all kinds of shit yeah, he's just like man i hope you read that better next time and i was like yeah me too dude uh i can't see the damn thing i should have usually what i do is i'll print it out and or i'll, I'll yeah I'll blow it up what BK sends uh, via email, but we didn't get one via email. It's just on the, the little text thing. So I got I print it out or rewrite. I'll probably rewrite it or rewrite the script and then just make sure it gets digitized so I can put it right up here while I'm reading it and look into the camera. Boom. Um, likely wasn't involved much in the game yesterday versus the Chiefs, and neither was Mark Andrews. Two, I mean, hell, we just we basically gave the first half of this show. Um, to the tight end, like to tight ends of the NFL. Like we basically made this show about tight ends. Uh, with with no likely in the game uh, making an impact and no Mark Andrews making an impact in the game, it, it's just tough for the Ravens to to even make that much of an impact on their passing attack. I thought some of the stuff that they got from Zay Flowers was fantastic, but also it was off of busted plays. Yeah. Be that as it may, they... I thought Baltimore overachieved in terms of their passing attack. Uh, I thought they abandoned their run a little bit early. Um, now, I know that they were behind and they had to press, but I also thought if they would have just been able to keep a little bit more of the RPO schemes going, that would have opened up a little bit of the short passes for Likely and Andrews. and allow I, I don't even know how healthy Andrews was yesterday. I just I know he suited up. He was out there a few plays. Maybe run them in decoy scenarios or whatnot, but still allow Isaiah Likely, who has emerged over the past month as one of your key targets or one of your go-to's uh, in yeah. the progression tree, right? Maybe now he might be third in, in some of the uh, some of the plays or whatnot, but he's proven to be a valuable asset and proven that he can come through in the red zone in clutch moments, right? He's seen it over the past month. Yeah, I would have liked to see him be involved a little bit more, and in spite of all of that, I think Baltimore is still the best one of the one of the best teams in the league, if not, or one of the best teams in the AFC, if not the league, right? Oh, for sure. I think they'll be back in the same position next year. Um, however, uh, I, I think to give a lot of this angst and, and snide to Lamar Jackson and say that he's not the MVP caliber quarterback that people tout him out to be is just an absolute bullshit statement because you've seen, I mean, the numbers prove it. Like, the guy can... The guy can play quarterback. He plays it efficiently. 
Um, now, if he goes off there trying to throw 60-yard bombs and you know blow the doors off the defense there, that's not really his game. But he is very accurate in terms of throwing the ball to uh, 7 to 10 yards out and maybe even the 15-yard out, yard out as well. He's not going to have the Patrick Mahomes skill set that people are just wowed by now um, and how you know, the, the, the dominating strong arm that gets you 70 yards, right? He's not going to be throwing those strikes. What Lamar Jackson does better than anybody is he, uses a lot, he utilizes his legs to extend the play and then hits the open receiver. That takes no. accuracy. That takes precision. This dude is a quarterback. He is an MVP-level quarterback. Uh, you you want to sit there and say, uh, well, maybe the Ravens are going to shop him. Shop him to New York. Give me give me Lamar Jackson. I'm a Lamar Jackson guy. I always have been and I always will be. Um, yeah, it, it sucks. Um, and I'm the reason why I'm saying this is because I'm seeing a lot of Baltimore people from back home saying that it's time to get rid of Lamar Jackson. Uh, if, if that's the case, please ship him up a little bit to New York. I'd be glad to, to put him in Giants blue. That's for sure, man. Um, a little bit disappointing. I thought the Ravens would get through. Uh, we'll get into the next game here in just a little bit. Uh, but your thoughts on the Chiefs Ravens? I mean, he, here's my point with with Lamar and kind of kind of trifold. I guess this will be right here. Anytime, anytime we saw it here at Texas. Anytime that your quarterback is that 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 you're counting on him to be your leading rusher, that's not a good thing. I mean, the, the fact that he is able to do it, that's great. But you don't want him. Yeah, but it should, it should be secondary. It should be uh, yes. It, it, some Only design runs, but also like we're going to get runs off of a broken down player. Yes. Like get yourself out of a hole. Right. And we were talking. We were talking on this program last week, Wags. I think all of those archives are on the app, by the way. That the fact is with with Edwards and Hill. I mean, you you had you had that. You you had that where we. I, I think we both agreed that we thought this running game. Those guys. We're going to be something that that the Kansas City defense we're going to have to deal with, but but it's Lamar eight times for fifty four yards. That's your leading rusher, that's and that's no, that's it, never a again, good thing. Again, that's you, you abandoned the rush against Gus Edwards. I thought Gus right. Edwards should have got a little bit more going. I thought Justice Hill right, should have right. got going a little bit better. Hey Zidick, let me ask you this question. Let me ask. Let me pose this question to Steelers fans out there. Okay, um, especially in your position right now, would you take Lamar Jackson on your team as a Steelers quarterback? Do you think that Lamar Jackson has the skill set to take the Steelers in their set right now or in their, I guess, in their status right now? Do you think you, they they would be able to get to the next step and get to a Super Bowl caliber or Super Bowl level if they had Lamar Jackson? Wags, we'll if, we'll I'm, if I'm number one, Atlanta, I'm sitting here kicking myself in the ass because I didn't make a move to try to get Lamar Jackson last year. When you had the opportunity to go get this guy, if I'm Pittsburgh, if I'm all of these teams, if I'm the Giants, if I'm all of these teams, would they still if they wouldn't if if they would have went and got Lamar Jackson, would they still have had their their first round pick though? Like, I don't know. How, that, that, that's a great question. But but the whole thing is for these franchises that are missing a quarterback, it's like okay, you just saw what he did. All the knocks on him, he he, he blew all that away. Can't stay healthy. Uh, can't win the bit. Well, I guess I guess he still can't. But the other part of that with the Lamar Jackson thing is because the whole thing is we went into this game yesterday. It's like he's never been able to get here. This was his first crack at this. And again. This isn't all on Lamar Jackson, like you said. It's um, this is a team loss. I mean, the dude did what he did. Uh, I mean, 
20 and 37, 272 yards. Look, look at Mahomes. I thought he played pretty damn well, Rodney. I thought he played pretty the, well, too. Considering the fact that he had the press, you know what I mean? I thought he played pretty I, damn well. And he's also, you know, I'll, I'll say it, he was going up against two teams. Yeah, but and, – and the whole thing is, I mean, look at the second half of this game. Uh, I mean, you, you, Kansas City didn't score a lot. <laughs> Neither did Baltimore. I mean, this became a AFC this fight is what this yeah. became, and, th- and the that's not. Showed up for Baltimore in the second half when they needed to. They were able to rise to the occasion. A few three times points in the second out. half, Wags. Yeah, that's, three that's, points that's in the nasty. second half. That's so nasty. I mean, that's a great defense. That that ain't Lamar Jackson's fault. That's just AFC football is what happened right there. We can look at the other game, and that's a whole different shit show, Detroit. But I mean, you can't put this solely on Lamar Jackson. And he answered a lot of questions. He is going to be the MVP. And I guarantee you one thing, that if they can fill some little pieces right there, I mean, you look around the league, there are a lot of teams, man, they got a lot of stuff to fix. These guys are that close. And when it all yeah, comes down to it, you're playing Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Dude. Yeah, that's the big point, too. Like that's, that's, the that's big what a lot point. of people are leaving out. You're going up against the you're you're deeming him a Hall of Famer already. Yeah. He's got the hardware to show it in his in his short uh, can't, short tenure that he's been in the league already, and you're also going up against one of the most winningest coaches of all time, Andy Reid. One of the most prolific mindsets in terms of uh, you know scheming or whatnot, right? Quarterback guru, whatever you know, whatever uh, you know, little little hot dog gobbler, whatever you want to call Andy Reid. Taylor Swift's new you know daddy, whatever you want to call him. You, you give <laughs> give the damn nickname to Andy Reid. You're going up against one of the greats. Um, and, so yeah, and like, I, Ike's that, point right there. Uh, Ike's point right there. Yes, that is on Lamar. But why, hold on, Ike, you missed it. That, that, Ike, you missed it. And stop, yeah. stop. If you go back and break that play down, that was inter- crazy pass interference on that play. And Lamar Jackson was throwing it up in a spot where he thought that he might be able to get that call. All right, now triple coverage. He absolutely threw in the triple coverage. I'm not denying that, but he threw it to a spot where he thought maybe he would get some P.I. And go yeah. back and look at the film. There was P.I. because Isaiah likely got tackled out of the back of the end zone. Tell That's me I'm wrong. Point. Debate me and lose. Debate me and lose. That's a great point. That's a great point. And by the way, I thank you for pointing out that I uh, ruined Detroit's opportunity with my uh, little message that I posted there about uh, my interception uh, for the Detroit Lions. But, yeah, I mean, that, that you know. Not uncatchable. He could have made a play on the ball. One, one of those things. One of those things. Wags, before we go. I'm not a Ravens further, fan, guys. I'm not a Ravens fan. I'm a Giants fan. R- right there with you, dude. R- right there with you. It's, it's just it's just a football game. It was just a football game. It was a smash mouth AFC football game. That's what that all c- came down to. Right quick. Got to tell you about Covert Bee Cave. Three state-of-the-art dealerships, seven different brands that they have for you. We've run the commercials. You've seen all that beautiful um, territory that they cover out there in beautiful bee caves. It's 42 acres that they have knocked out over there. Buicks, GMCs, Cadillacs, Chrysler's, uh, Dodge, Jeeps, and Rams, all of that. Of course, Fords and Chevrolets, Highway 79 and Hutto, 183 Research Boulevard. The Fords uh, are, and the Lincolns are over in Austin. Check them out right there. 86 Service Bays, you've seen that right there. Man, 86 different service bays in and out of there, routine maintenance. If it's a heavy-duty stuff that you need to get done, they'll take care of that for you. You also need to go to covertbcave.com and check out their new and pre-owned cars, trucks, SUVs, weekly specials right there with the folks at Covert Cave. They're going to hook you up. If you don't want to go online, just drive on out there, enjoy the drive, and go see Dan and the great folks here. Serving generations of Central Texans and beyond, it is a Covert family since 1909. As I like to say, nobody beats a Covert deal, sure as hell, or not now, sure as hell, not ever. Covert Cave. 
<laughs> here's the problem, Mike. Here's the problem. The Ravens don't give a shit about your money. All right? That's the thing. That's the thing. The Ravens are like, oh, Ike, that Ike. guy. Oh, yeah. We got to well, talk about I, him. You know what? I should have called him in. I should have called uh, the Ravens up and said, hey, you know, I got to deal with my guy Ike here. I got you score and we win and the Ravens win, then I get my damn Domino's pasta bread bowl. <laughs> That's what I Wags. He will send you that, dude. He will send you that. He told me he will send you that. All you got to do is reach out to him. Just tell him. Why are you telling me? Why are you telling me? Telling you, but he's not telling me. I sent him your number. Ike, come on, my man. Hook my dude up right here. Ike, did you? Well, first off, Ike, if you do, if you send Ike my number, Ike, preference it by saying that it's you because I don't answer my phone for anybody. I really don't. Um, I'm a hard guy to get a hold of. So, anyways, Ike, yeah, thank you, dude. We can, we can possibly, we can Domino's pasta bread bowl this bad baby up all damn day, man. You know that, dude. Don't threaten me with a good time. Holy shit, are you serious, Ike? You can give me a bread bowl, Ike. I may have to hit you up for a good deal for Super Bowl. My wife wants people to come over. See, great point. My wife didn't give a shit about having people over for the Super Bowl, but now her and her Swifties, they all want to oh, get together. Yeah. They all want to get together. I'm like, she ain't singing. But they're like, yeah, but that that's our team. The Chiefs. We got the prop, Ed. We got the prop. Will Taylor Swift sing at the Super Bowl? She's going to sing. She's going to sing. It. Prop Guarantee. Something. Something. Okay. The, um, the anthem we, is real. We if we didn't talk. Holy shit. It's all. It's 1057 already. Uh, audiovisual consultations. I was able to watch both games and a lot of basketball yesterday and hockey because of audiovisual consultations. 512-255-8678. That's avconsultations.com. Been setting the standard in audiovisual automation since 1988. That's 35 years in the business. The very best in the business, especially if you're in the Austin Central Texas area. Make sure you give them a call. 512-255-8678. That's avconsultations.com. You'll get the two 4K televisions if you want that set up or if you want a dream theater set up like I have downstairs. You got to get that done with avconsultations.com. All right. Boom, Rodney. Um, Detroit and uh, San Francisco. Dan Campbell uh, is already getting negative remarks and questions about if he is the person, the right person for the job. Dan Campbell is absolutely the right person for the job uh, if you're Detroit. I don't know why you would want to remove him so fast after uh, you know the success that he brought you. It sucks that you left in awful fashion um i'd say idiotic fashion but it's not because i believe it's just off of motion emotion and passion right you ask any of those football players if if they you know if if they don't believe in dan campbell or if they don't like dan campbell they'll tell you that you're full of shit because dan campbell is their coach right for mm -hmm. a coach to sit there and go against the numbers and say hey i believe in you guys man that's that's leadership I, it might not be the smartest leadership in the world, but it's it's showing that you believe in your guys and your. I, I think the return on that investment will be tenfold to where you would have said, "Hey, let's make a smart play. Let's go with the analytics." No, you're willing to sit there and go with your men and go against the analytics and bet on your men. To me, I'll take that any day over a coach that says, "Oh, you know, let's play the numbers here, okay, mm, yeah. Johnny? Let's let's do this and you know add the one and carry the two. Make sure we get the three and yeah. well, you know let's go for it." No, I mean, analytics is huge in football. I get it, man. It's a numbers game, but still, you you have to have that passion. You have to have that drive. And, I, dude, I'm a Dan Campbell guy. I just mm -hmm. am. Um, I've seen, I've already seen rumors and speculations about 
knee-jerk reactions, knee-jerk decisions of being like, hey, kick Campbell out of here and let's bring Bill Belichick in. We're ready to win now. Are you okay. serious, guys? Break. Are you Look, serious? Dan Campbell got you the furthest that you're – is one of the instruments on why you your, your team got the furthest it's ever been since 1952. Are you serious? You're all, and you're talking about making a knee-jerk reaction to kick him out. Maybe this is why Detroit doesn't win that much in football. It's because of the knee-jerk reactions. And he he almost just did what Jimmy Johnson did with the Cowboys when he came in, you know, and yeah. he he almost did that. Remember, remember the Cowboys? They sucked. Brother, he was a part of that that tumultuous what what two three win season. Eighty nine. Like Eighty nine. I mean, he almost oh, did oh, that. Because, oh yeah, Jimmy, the one the one win season. One win. Beat beat the Redskins, and then the Cowboys come in. They go. They, they were a wild card team. They won. They won a playoff game, and and you know fell ironically to Detroit in, in the divisional round. Detroit last year, same trajectory. The only difference is they didn't get to go to the Super Bowl this year. But but look, this would be one thing. This would be a different conversation to me, Wags, if we were having this. If Dan Campbell did something totally unorthodox that it'd be like why did he make that call uh, that's right. this is how he coaches yeah, and, and he's, he's gone for fourth all year long this and is I'm what he's sure done. i'm pretty sure he has a conversation in a meeting with the team like hey in, in this given scenario if it's fourth and you know he probably asked the team like can would you guys want to go for it in this scenario right do i have your all's you know uh blessing or whatnot you know is this something that we want to go as a team on fourth down and he, you know he does it without hesitation rodney which makes me think that they, they've already had you know yeah. the discussion pre-hand yeah it's just i mean it's, there, is, there is no hesitation it's just it's like, like yeah. oh yeah it, it you, just you rolling out. Even, i mean there's there's yeah. no there's no indecisiveness about which team am i bringing on special teams or am i leaving the offense out on the field the offense stays on the field that's it you, you know, this past year with the Cowboys, when they would go for it on fourth down, it's like, whoa, what is Big Mac doing? You know, that that's not very Mike McCarthy. That is Dan Campbell. That's what he does. He is going to roll the dice. He is going to go with his dudes. And if you listen to his exp explanation, as I'm getting all fired right. up over here, that's why he did it, because he believes in his dudes. And is yeah. that really a bad thing? No. And, I mean, you want to no. run this dude it's, it's, out of sometimes it's Sometimes it's foolish. Sure, it's um, detrimental sometimes. It's detrimental sometimes, sometimes. It's foolish, but I'll take it every day. The, the the shitty part is right there. Yeah, if you'd have kicked the field goal, yeah, you'd have tied the game. I mean that that that's that's the whole thing to where that's, that's and, undeniable. That's undeniable. No doubt. I mean, sure, no he could he could have missed. Sure, but and and the other part, the other part, Wags, um, Dan Campbell, he's a younger coach. He hasn't been in these spots. He's not thinking about that. He's always. Uh, I can't get the gambler out of my head because. BK was talking this morning about you got to know when to hold him and know when to fold him. All that Kenny Rogers I, thing. No, I agree. I, I agree. It's, but I mean, Dan Campbell is the reason why the Giants, or the reason why the, the Lions got as far as they did. I think in an horrendous situation is because of Dan Dan Campbell's cojones uh, in those situations to to make that type of call. A lot of those coaches aren't gonna they're they're gonna not even give that a thought. They're just kicking, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, but, and again, again, this is it's kind of a cop out to say this, the right calls last night were to take the points. Sure. Right. Sure. But as a player, damn, I'm respecting the hell out of my coach that he believes in me that much. And, and here's the other, here's the other part of this wags every year in the NFL. It seems like we see a team that kind of becomes a flash in the pan. 
It's like, okay, where did insert team come from that makes a really deep run? Is it, are, makes, is, are, are you alluding that Detroit no, is a flashing pan? Okay. That's exactly where I'm going. That is not the case right here with Detroit. This foundation is set right here between the GM and the coaching staff. Man, they have built something right here that is going to be – this is going to be four or five years of really good football in Detroit. And it seems like to me they're going to continue building that and only get better. So – for Detroit fans that are brokenhearted and sad today, our man Chip Brown, and I think he would know as, as well as anybody else, man, the future is so bright right there with them. It, it's, man, it, you want to, I mean, I, the 49ers, I mean, this could be a Detroit, San Francisco thing for the years to come. Uh, I had a conversation with a guy yesterday, Wags. I got to tell you this before we bring on our man Jeff Howe. Um, you know, kind of picking games back and forth. The guy sends me a message and he's like, man, I, I, I don't, I don't care for the 49ers quarterback. He's overrated. I'm like, overrated? He's, he's you, know, you know he was the last guy drafted, right? <laughs> he was overrated. Oh, people. Some of the conversations you have with people, man. Some people's kids, as I like to say. Yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed. I wanted Detroit to be in the Super Bowl. I think everybody that is just a neutral fan or doesn't have any skin in the game wanted Detroit in the Super Bowl just because it's you know it hadn't been done before. Uh, I saw CB flash a, a post here. Is it did they get to the conference championship in '91? I thought they, I thought they lost in the divisional round, no. but or won the wild card, but lost the divisional. They beat the Cowboys in the divisional round, then went to RFK and got. Oh, See, I thought they beat the Cowboys in the wild card and then lost to RFK no, in the divisional. I didn't yeah. think that they had gotten to the to the. That was conference Steve Berline at the helm of the Cowboys, if I remember correctly. Yep, the Cowboys beat the Bears in the wild card. Yep. Uh, Aikman. Was that a collarbone Aikman had, yeah. or yeah, or a knee? Yeah. I forget which one it was, but yeah. uh, got injured like in game. I think he actually got injured the week game at RFK, which was the Redskins' first loss that year. Yeah, that '91 Washington team was damn good, loaded, dude. They had the they had uh, Ricky Sanders, Art Monk, Gary Clark, Posse, uh, yeah. Biner, mm-hmm. uh, Gerald Riggs, Riggs, the Hogs, uh, uh, yeah. and held uh, Theismann was during the. No, excuse me. I'm so I'm wrong. It was Mark Rippin. Mark it, was Rippin. Rippin. it was Mark Rippin. Mark Rippin. Yeah. Defense though, Charles Mann, Wilbur Marshall. Uh, was Dexter Williams, Manley still in the league? Hmm? Was Dexter Manley still in the league? Or no, was he no, no I don't think at that point. I used to get so tired of hearing "Hail to the Redskins." You remember, remember that? Like over, Dexter Manley was so damn nasty. And Daryl yeah, Grant. He, remember him and Daryl Grant on the outsides there for those Redskin teams. Holy shit. How the Man. hell was that team assembled like that? Dexter Manley couldn't read either, by the way. Joe yeah, I know. He, he couldn't player. even write the X. That was the hard, like, he couldn't even put the X on his name. Like, yeah. But he could play, he could ball, man. He could yeah. fucking ball, bro. Yeah. yeah. You ain't got to know how to do that. <laughs> that was back like, to, hey, like, that I don't gap. know if you guys have ever seen the, the program. The, the movie the program I'm sure you have it's a staple in our yeah. in our fabric of our society but where uh where um Alvin Mack goes all you have to do is sign an NFL contract period every time he says that I'm like that is that's that's Dexter Manley that it's is Dexter line right before that when he puts his foot up on the table and he tells uh he tells Bud he tells Latimer goes I taught him that, I taught him that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, before uh, we get going with it's only an hour and wave goodbye to the Chaos Theory crew, I want to give a shout out to Vic Schaefer and the Texas women's basketball team. So my daughter, I've been wanting to take my daughter to a game all year and schedules hadn't worked out. Saturday, we ended up doing it. My wife, myself, and my daughter, we went 
tell you what, man, less than $50 parking tickets, everything got us in the door. It's hard to beat that. And my daughter can't wait to go back. Love it. That's awesome. That's what shit. That's, I mean, that's what it's all about right there. When you hear that from the little girl, man, from Charlotte and saying, Hey dad, let's go back. Yeah. Um, Aaliyah Moore is her favorite player now. So and she <laughs> wants to watch game, the games on TV whenever they're on. That's, we talked about that this weekend. So, and they, you know, the players sign autographs after the game. That's you know, awesome. I know Vic's real big on community outreach and stuff. So just saying, man, if you're looking for good, uh, good dollar value for your family entertainment, man, that's the uh, women's cool basketball building. Game yeah. movie centers. Not just that, bro. You're, you're making, you're making some pretty good memories, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Hard yeah. to beat. So that was, that was, that was, we had a, we had a great time this weekend. Awesome. The, uh, Glad to hear that, dude. Well, thank everybody for watching Chaos Theory. We really appreciate you guys hanging in there and watching all the other shows on Texas Sports Unfiltered. It's time now for It's Only an Hour. Some of the best in the business, man. You guys get to it, man. Happy, uh, happy Monday, guys. Yes, sir.